with the plumb bob. I know he was kind of freaked some people out like, what is that? A long pole. I've got it out there. I'll show you later. That, that came from my, my days of working at Walmart when I was 16. And we used to have a little pipe with a slit in it. And there was a piece that we would set in the top. We'd reach up and we'd twist. And that's how we hung all of our stuff from the ceiling of Walmart. I remembered that. So Walmart was not a complete waste of my time. It, huh? The real problem. Anybody go back and watch the live stream? Okay, you remember the older TV? Sometimes you'd have that little orange line in it. That's what it looks like, y'all. There's there's an orange line right here. And if, if you don't realize, like when they zoomed in for the worship team, this is down here, and all you see is this orange streak going across the screen, like there's something wrong with the camera. <laughs> it was kind of funny. So, but anyways, <sighs> glad I could help the industry. So, but uh, guys, don't forget Valentine's is coming up quickly. Also. <laughs> Yes, Valentine's is coming up quickly, and uh, if you buy her low-fat low fat chocolate, she will love you even more, because then she can eat twice as much, so, but anyways, low-fat dark chocolate, no, it's not good, okay, huh, yes, she will, we'll talk later, sweet potatoes, oh, God, That's, Jesus, I ain't heard that one before. All right. Uh, thank everybody also that came out Monday night and helped. I know not everybody could, but uh, they came and uh, we had a good meeting here with our uh, financial person that came up from uh, Dallas, Arkansas. I'm trying to think where he's out of, but he came. And so everybody had a great time. They had more than enough food. And then we had a whole bunch of ministers that didn't show up. So we had even more than enough food. Uh, but that was okay. We still had a great time. And y'all didn't make too much noise, I promise. I had the air conditioner on. It covered everything. So... We, we all, we're all used to it, so it didn't matter. But uh, let's pray tonight, and then we're going to uh, do some worship. We'll do our, our teaching, and then we're going to do some more prayer. Can we do that? So, Heavenly Father, we're just so thankful for all that you have done and what you're doing in our lives and, and around us. God, we know you're still in control, Lord, even in the midst of all this weather that just seems to be out of control. Lord, I, I thank you that you just continue to watch over your children, God. You continue to make a way for us. So tonight, Lord, we ask that you would be here with us. Lord, as we come to worship you, we come to love on you. But Lord, most of all, we come to be with you so that we can learn. So Holy Spirit, teach us tonight. Instruct us. Let us worship you. Let there be no hindrances of any kind in this place. Nothing stopping us from loving on you tonight. And we thank you, God, for all that you're doing in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to get ready to do some worship. This is plugged in. Please stick the prayer lights on for me. That way it ain't pitch black in here. can't see nobody. I want to be able to see y'all. Hallelujah. Anybody ready to worship tonight? Anybody having a, a, a tough week? Has it been a tough week for anybody? Yeah? That's all right. We're going we're gonna to praise our way through it. We're going to love on Jesus as we go through this thing. Hallelujah. There he is. He's on. 
It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. But it's all about you. Yes, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it. And it's all about you. Yes, it's all about you,
We're so thankful for you. Hallelujah. 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 Y'all go ahead. I'm, I'm going to sing Miracle Maker, but y'all haven't practiced it or anything. I just, I think I need to sing it. Somebody tonight, this is a song we've been, well, they haven't learned yet. You, you can sit down. I just want you to sit down and focus on the Lord. This is a song, uh, I remember the name of the band now. Um. Delirious. It's a it's an oh, Christian band out of the UK, and it's called Miracle Maker. And you go find it on YouTube, and you'll see a gentleman singing it. And and, and what always struck me about this song was the fact that he, he puts down his guitar, he walks up to a stand, and he drops it all the way down, and he sang the entire song off his knees. And and tonight I just want to sing this because I just feel like there's somebody here tonight that you need to hear this. Amen. You need to hear this. So I'm, I want to sing this and. 
for my life to change when the water stood you can rearrange just one touch is all I need I have nothing much but the wounds I feel I have come to find the hand of the miracle man the miracle man you are holy you are holy standing at the feet of the miracle maker Jesus, precious Jesus, thank you, 
tell you tonight, if you don't think you have anybody to put you in the water when the angel comes to stir it, he is standing right there next to you tonight. Because he is holy and he is the miracle maker. Amen. Amen. Give a clap to the Lord tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to need a stand. Yeah, that song's got a lot of interesting twists in it, so it's like until we get a chance to actually practice it, I want to make sure. (laughs) It's got sevenths and minors, and it's got a B-flat, and it's got, they go back and forths. So you want to hand these out for me tonight? We're going to learn it, though. So we're going to do lesson five. This one's not a very long lesson, but it is a important lesson uh, on praying spiritual warfare teach us how to pray we've been we've been going through that this one is all about wisdom right who needs wisdom i need wisdom you need wisdom all god's children and even not god's children need wisdom but they don't know it yet have enough. I don't know how many people are here. I say this is probably one of the shorter ones in here, but now next week is where it starts getting really good. Next week is, is where you start actually putting it to practice, and, and that, that to me is a lot more fun than having to build the foundations a lot of times. But as, as I was studying for this one, I found a lot of similarities to um, Stuff that I know uh, Cook will understand, the, the first Gulf War, and I was thinking back to that with planning strategies. And I, I worked for uh, an Air Force colonel. He was retired by the time I met him, who was one of the planners for the first Gulf War. And, and his responsibility was to make sure that all the supplies were there before the troops ever hit the ground. And you're like, all the supplies? Yeah. He, he actually went in and, uh, thank you. Huh? You need one more person? Okay. Uh, he actually went in with a lot of cash and uh, bribed leaders, uh, village leaders and everything to allow the tanks to come in and allow them to stash fuel and parts before they ever even put the tanks on the ground. And this was beforehand. So uh, we're going to look at this kind of stuff because... We're going to open up in, in here using wisdom in spiritual warfare. And you'll understand why I told you that little bit of a story because we're going to talk more about it. Warfare mistakes. Look at this. According to Eddie Smith, who wrote the book Making Sense of Spiritual Warfare, one of the greatest spiritual warfare mistakes that he sees over and over is the idea that we must somehow pull down every ruling spirit over our cities if we are to see revival. That seems to be ultimate. The ultimate goal of many who call themselves spiritual warriors or warfare intercession. So let's think about that for a second. We, we get a mentality that we have to pull down every spiritual stronghold before we can see any fruit of it. And I don't, I don't agree with that either. I think there are some key elements that you must fight, and we need wisdom in that. Right? There is a strategy on how God wants us to fight. He understands that, and that's why I started telling you that story, because the, the, the strategy of them coming in, if you start looking at the timelines, 
is, is they need to put boots on the ground. They need to put tanks on the ground. They have to have fuel to run the tanks. Those tanks don't go very far when you start looking at it, okay? They break a lot, right? The, the people have to have food. They have to have supplies. They have to have all these things. But before they put the first boot on the ground, they started launching what? Missile attacks. Taking out all of the Iraqi air defense. Why take out the Iraqi air defense? Because they could destroy our supplies. And so there's a strategy when you're doing warfare in the real world as there is in the spiritual world. Right? So you, you have to look at things, and, and if we use wisdom, wisdom will tell us what to attack. Right? There, there was, uh, I don't even know how long ago it was now, there, a couple of years ago here, that I knew there was some things operating in this church that we needed to get rid of. There were some spiritual things that, that just had come and just hung out, right? There was some, some controlling things. And, and it was just influence. It was just influencing things from time to time, people. And I knew it was there. But God said no. Are we supposed to deal with that? Not yet. And then one day he said, okay, and guess what we did, right? I remember presenting it to you and telling you, and we prayed against it, and we cast it out that day. We haven't had that issue again. And, and why was that? Because we used wisdom to get us there, and we, we had to do that. So let's look at this scripture here in Luke eleven twenty four through 26. 11, 24, 26, look at this. When a foul spirit has left a man, it roams about in the desert seeking a resting place. But unable to find any, it says, I will return to the house I have left. And when it comes, it finds the house swept clean and in good order. Then it goes and brings with it, what? Seven other spirits more malignant than itself. Worse. And they enter and dwell there. And in the end, that man's condition becomes worse than it was at first. If we tried to take out all the ruling spirits over a city, then our battle would be so intense because we would be required to do battle with more and more demonic spirits. Our cities would become more evil rather than less. So if we allow wisdom to speak to us what we pray against, what we rebuke, right? Not, not shotgun approach this thing. Not, not get out the 50 cal and, and, and just start feeding it. That's nice, but it's not always the most effective, Right? It's not always the most effective. And, and one, of, one of the things that, that came out, again, I'm using the, uh, the first Gulf War as an example because most of us in here remember that war. And it probably asked some of these same questions. Like, why didn't they take out the leader from day one? The guy that was leading all of this. Have you ever thought about that? They left him and then had to go back and do it a second time. You know why they didn't take him out? Have you ever heard the story? He had a million-man army. They saw him as a god. You got a million people running around that you just killed their god. But they knew exactly what he would do. He was predictable, 100%, and they would never do anything without him. So what do you do? He saved a lot of lives that way, even Iraqi lives. A lot of Iraqi soldiers did not have to die because the, they, they came in. They were very strategic in how they did things. And those guys started giving up because they realized their God wasn't as powerful as they thought he was. And so we do the same thing. 
through prayer, we, we begin to pray and battle against things in our region, and people will begin to see, ah, that's the enemy. And then we can begin to pick those out of that, and they can begin to be discipled and changed, right? Saved, discipled, and changed. But if not, the enemy will come back in even worse. It's, it's cool to cast the devil out of a region, but you've got to make sure the people are filled and discipled and changed, or they're going to be even worse in the end. And that's not cool, because now we've done damage to people. There was a book that I read many years ago by a gentleman by the name of Rick Joyner called The Torch and the Sword. And, and it was a three-part set of books. It, it's fiction because he's writing, it's, it's telling a story, right? I, was it, it's not allegory, but I'm trying to think what it is. He's, um, but it's considered fiction, but he's telling stories that basically represent spiritual concepts, right? I, I have the books in the office. At the beginning of the book, there's a gentleman that comes out. And there's this young eagle there, and he gets this sword. The guy gets his sword, and he says, can I cut down that tree right there? And the eagle's like, I guess so. So he cuts down the tree. He just starts cutting everything, right? And through the, through this, the, the course of the book, you learn that the eagle was wisdom. Wisdom was very small at the time. Now you're in the very last chapter of the book. Eagle has grown up. Now he's a mighty warrior. He knows when to pull his sword and when to leave it in just to use the shield. He's learned. But now he's got a whole lot of people that are very upset at him. Because there is this tree that is massive. And it's dropping fruit. And when the fruit hit the ground, it's, it explodes like vomit. And when it hits a person, it immediately makes them evil and demonic. And one of the people finally explained to him why they were so upset at him. Because that was the tree he cut down at the beginning of the book. But he didn't plant something righteous in its place. So it grew back and affected a lot of people. You see, so a church coming into a region that becomes on fire and starts learning the principles just goes crazy and starts doing. All they're doing is setting up their region for failure if they're not wise in how we do things. Yes, we want to see our region free one step at a time as we follow God's wisdom. Okay. All right. Maturity in is necessary. Look at this next one. Hebrews 5, 13 through 14. This is the NASB translation. Everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is a infant. But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice has their senses trained to discern good and evil. Look at the next scripture. Hebrews 5, 13 through 14. Again, Wema. Solid food is for the adults, that is, for those who through constant practice have their spiritual faculties carefully trained to distinguish good and evil. We always have to be careful trying to send a boot camp into the battle. They're not prepared, right? They come out of military boot camp, they have to go through AI training, they have to do all these things that simulates the real-life warfare. If not... Look at what happened in, in World War II and all of those things, right? They had no time for that. They sent them in. Can, can I tell you that, that during World War II, if you study history, that it was all math? Those, those men and women that died were a number on a piece of paper. 
because they had no choice to defeat the the number the the amount of evil that was there at the time they knew and, and even still today our special forces they understand that our special force he, he should be able to kill nine of them before he dies so if you look at the number of men and women that went on the shore of, of normandy and all of that they understood that each one of our soldiers was going to kill four of theirs before they died or three of theirs before they died. They understand there's 100,000 troops over there, so we need this many of our troops. So many are going to die in the water and this. So they had to flood it with X number of troops to overwhelm them. Yeah. Again, we have to train. We have to disciple. We have to prepare people for battle because Christianity is not a sideline sport. Nobody rides the bench in Christianity. There is an enemy out there trying to kill us. Once you became enlightened to Jesus Christ, right, in the knowledge, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, his mission is to kill you and make your life terrible to spite God. We all have to be prepared. So we always have to be learning and studying and growing. And we have to allow, we have to mature. That's why there's no sideline. There's no sideline. Look at this next paragraph right here on page one. Some intercessors overcome with impatience, look at this, have decided presumptuously to fight their own battle, determine their own targets, and call their own shots. They move out on their own with little or no directive from their commander, the Lord of hosts. They conduct their own spiritual air raids and have precious little to show for it. Many have suffered backlash, some are sick, and some have even died. Look at that. Again, not to scare people. It's to the reality of what we are. And we can all think of people that are amazing, right? They, they pray, they do these things, but, and then we see they suffer a lot. Sometimes it's because we get impatient on what God's doing. Can I tell you, I, I struggle with impatience. My wife, my children will tell you that. And I have had to learn patience as a pastor because I have understanding the fact, yeah, Rollins choking up there on that. I, I understand the fact that if I do things too fast, it's the analogy like this. Like I tell a friend of mine, is the pastor, I'm a bus driver. And if I get to the end of the road and there's nobody on my bus, I haven't succeeded. My bus should be full. So sometimes people fall off. And I got to go around the block, right? And we got to pick up some, just like, what are you doing? You wasn't holding on right. That, I'm, I'm talking about people falling off as being, they're a little immature and they decided they wanted to do something. So we have to disciple them a little bit more and help them, and then they can hold on, and they can get on, and, and our bus continues to grow. And see, so we have to be wise in what we're doing, or we're going to lose good people prematurely. Look at the, le- the next one. Satan is clever. Shaking your fist in the air and declaring open war on high-ranking demons could cost you everything. You need to know that whatever you are doing and saying carries God's authority and not yours. Can I tell you, you start waving your fist at the devil and you got hidden things in your life, you better get the flashlight out. But it's not going to be that dim. He's going to expose you. Expose you. Make a fool out of you because he wants to make a fool out of God. And that's why I'm constantly telling you that the body of Christ has to practice holiness. For us to say that I want to step into the battle, I want to step in to to help save people, right? Get them out of there. Is saying you are opening yourself up to the sniper shots, right? And and that's that's the reality of it. But there again, 
are people's lives worth it? They are. They are, right? Look at this here. Wisdom is displacing the kingdom of darkness. Wisdom in. The wisdom of God gives us guidelines for displacing the kingdom of darkness. James 4, 7 tells us to submit first to God, then resist the devil so that the devil will flee. According to the scripture, there is order in carrying out spiritual warfare. We resist the devil and he will flee. Not fight the devil and he will flee. Resist the devil. How do we resist the devil? What are we talking about? We submit first to God and then we're able to resist the devil. If you're not submitting, you are not going to have the strength to resist. None of us in here are strong enough on our own or we would have done it without Jesus and we would have never needed him. <laughs> it's, it's the reality of it. Right? Like, like I used to tell people, you know, oh, well, I, I'm a good person already. If you were that great of a person sitting at the, at the bar to begin with, you would have never needed Jesus. Right? If we were that great of a person, you know, and people are like, oh, well, if I needed the Holy Ghost, I would have had him a long time ago. No, you need the Holy Ghost. Okay, so let's just, all right, look at the next one here. Eddie Smith makes a point, or a few points here. It's not a matter of our cleansing the heavenlies above our cities. It's a matter of removing by the Father's direction those specific structures of darkness that are hindering, look at that, the light of the gospel and thus the establishment of God's kingdom. When we seek first the kingdom of God, the other things will be given to us. Matthew 6, 25 through 34. We have to find the hindrances, the very specific hindrances. The very specific hindrances. And, and not to jump too far ahead, but we're, we're going to get into that in just a second. What are the hindrances in our area? What do you, what do you think they are? Tradition? What do you think they are, just honestly? Anybody? Addiction? Yeah, I, I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Falls in with the, with the addiction, you know. Can, can I tell you that you can generally look at an area and lead it back to a spiritual problem? You can look at it. You, you can look at it. And it doesn't matter how nice the area is. There's always something there. And one of the things that I found interesting in our community that does not follow the norm, which is an amazing, grateful, I'm, I'm very thankful for this. Most communities that have a casino in their community have a lot of prostitution, a lot of homelessness, a lot of poverty. Yes, we have a very low income here. You don't see prostitutes walking the street. I know they're around. They're always around. You don't see people sleeping all over the streets, right? If you go down there to Lake Charles, you will see it, right? You, you go to these other communities. I've talked to ministers that are in communities with a casino. The casino supplies jobs to people. I understand that. You know, I'm, I'm not talking good or bad about a casino right now. I'm talking about the spiritual things that generally travel with it. We don't see all of that here to the level that some of these other areas do. And I think some of that is, is because the church when it first started, was praying against some of those things. So we never saw that outbreak here. And we're going to continue to pray that that's not going to happen. To continue to, to pray that those addictions will go away. But we can see in our communities what's there. If you just look and open your eyes, you can see where, where the underlying issues really are. And they stem from a spiritual thing. They really do. So look at this. 
Next little section. Nevertheless, at times there are territorial princes that must be pulled down. God will make those assignments as he wills. God's kingdom will displace Satan's kingdom, making sense of spiritual warfare again. Now, what is he talking about there? Territorial princes. There are, there are regional demons. There are territorial demons. They've been here all this time, right? For instance, down in the Port Arthur area, there, there are some very interesting things that, that happen there. there there's some, some demonic things that they always know about, some strongholds, that they have been battling there for a very, very long time. And they're like, okay, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of idolatry there. there there's there's uh, some satanic groups there, and there's these things. It's just like, why? Why? What, what is the, the reason? And, and somebody was telling me they did some research, and come to find out it was very similar to... Greece, when we think of history of Greece, right? They had all of the false gods and all the things there. And, you know, there was a group of people that came into Port Arthur, Texas, and landed there and started operating with the same religion that they had in Greece. And then they moved up and made Rome, Texas. They're still there to this day. That's how it was founded. They brought that with them. So now that they know that, guess what they can do? Begin to speak against it, right? And they have now that they they learned it. And so knowing your area will tell you a lot. Learning the history. That's one of the reasons I've studied the history of our area to understand what was here. And I'm still learning. People are bringing things to my knowledge of that I wasn't aware of. And, you know, we have to understand again, this is a military. This is a battle. It's a battle. All right. So here's the one I wanted to get to earlier. But here we go. Using strategic prayer. What Satan has been building for thousands of years can be brought down in minutes through strategic prayer. Do you think that's even possible? How? Pinpoint bombing. Pinpoint bombing. Okay, before we read the rest of it, think about this. In the Battle of the Gulf War again, they sent missiles over there that could lock onto your living room. Now, at that point, it was probably a little less than that. Today it is, right? They're probably within, what, 30 feet or so. You know those tomahawks, you know, close enough? No? Yeah. Yeah. And so they, they were able to attack just the areas they needed to. In World War II, what did they do? B-52 with about 1,000 bombs, two or 3,000 carpet bombs. They just carpet the entire area trying to hit one soldier, right? Today it's very strategic. They, one little area. Through prayer, we can be that strategic. So it has less residual effect. It's only taking out what's needed to be. So, so look at this. The key is strategy. Demolition teams go into a building and study the structure of the building. So we need to study. Again, what I was telling you, we need to understand our battle. They must find the exact places where to place dynamite so that when, the build, when they push the button for demolition, the building comes down quickly through a chain reaction. They have learned that they do not need large amounts to blow up a building. By careful planning and proper placement of dynamite, the building will crumble and implode. Have you ever watched that on TV? There, there's uh, some TV episodes of that demolition expert people. They study these buildings. They will make this thing like 50-story building fall inside itself. I'm like, what? <laughs> Why? Because they have studied the support structures of what's there, 
right? They know where to place the, the, the charges. They know what to do. They know what needs to win. To the millisecond, these bombs go off in the building. Why? Because they have studied it and they know what's holding it up. And when we do the same thing through the Holy Spirit, we can realize what it is the enemy is doing, what's allowing him to stay. That's a key. And we can begin to pray at those things. Why do we need to pray against those things? Because when you cut off his water supply, he can't drink no more. Remember, he cast the legion out. They went into the swine. They went into the water. See, so we have to be strategic. Look at the next one here. Never give up the fight. Satan is just not going to let us defeat him. He will try any tactic in an attempt to defeat God. We must have the strategy from God to displace the power of the enemy that withstands us. We must never give up because Satan will never give up. Look at Revelation 12, 12 on the bottom there. Terror will come on the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you in a great anger, knowing that he has little time. Before we hit that, I want to ask you a question. Do you think God knows what Satan is going to do? And can God tell you what he's fixing to do? So then who's the person you need to talk to first? <laughs> yeah. So when we allow the Holy Spirit to tell us, do, do you think that while you're in prayer sometimes, you start sensing something, you need to pray against it. It may not even happen yet. You may have completely stopped it. I've heard story after story of people that, that have felt things in their spirit and begin to pray against them. And then all of a sudden they find out a person was in an accident and almost lost their life. Or they almost went off the road or almost did it. And I, you know what? I, I sensed something like that in prayer and I started praying against it. And those things happen all the time. And that's why we have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So it's not, oh, well, I'll pray later. No, if it comes to you, there must be a reason. Right. There must be a reason. You know, it's like your cell phone rings five times in a row. You probably need to answer to figure out who it is. Even if you don't want to talk to them right now, there may be something going on, right? Well, we need to learn to listen, you know, a lot sooner in, in the process. So let's look at this last section right here. Biblical examples of spiritual maturity. So it's Acts 16. Gotta love Acts. Acts 16, 16 through 39. Maturity is needed in doing spiritual warfare. Strategy from the Lord must be obtained. Look at this right here. A demoniac was harassing Paul and Silas. Paul let the demon harass them for days before he dealt with it. They were on their way to the house of prayer when attacked. They were doing the work of the Lord. Kate, remember that. The devil loves to attack us when we're doing the work of the Lord. Look at the next one. The demoniac spirit was actually speaking truth to Paul and Silas, but was doing so in a way to deceive others. Paul knew it was a demon, but Paul did not just cast out the demon. He waited to get the strategy from the Lord. When Paul finally did deal with the spirit, angry mobs threw them in prison. What a strategy. Okay, let's back up a little bit and think about this. Paul and Silas were doing the work of the Lord, and they let it wait for days. What was the outcome? The demon got cast out. They went to jail, right? If they would have cast the demon out on the very first day, they would have went to jail. None of the work would have been done. Right. 
You see, so sometimes we get impatient. They just let it happen. They let it work, do its thing. They were doing their thing. God's plan was being happening. Boom. So look at the last line. As a result of being thrown into prison, however, see, but look, see, but this is the whole part right here. What the devil meant for bad, God will turn to good. Okay? So they could have cast out the demon the first day and gone to jail. Nope. They let it stay there, harassing them while they were doing their work. While they were doing their work. I've even read some books that believe that, that because of this demon spirit doing all of this making noise, it drew bigger crowds for them to minister to. Even though this person was trying to deceive, he, they still had an opportunity to minister to people even with the deception back there. They, there's, we don't know either way, but it's just, you know, different theologians. So then the angry mobs come, right? Boom. They go to jail. As a result of being thrown in prison, the Holy Spirit moved and in many were saved. And the witness of Jesus was given to the high officials of the city. Because they went to jail, they had to go in front of the high officials of the city. And they got to share Jesus. And so they got to minister to these high officials in the city where they would have never had access to if this wouldn't have happened. You see how important the strategy is? Right? If there's, there's always something going on in the back. God knows the end from the beginning. And when we allow him to... to plan you know i I read in 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 my bible one time it was a study bible years ago and it said so many people come to god and ask him to bless their plan instead of going to the god that knows everything and saying what is the plan (laughs) we ask him to bless our plan when he already knows everything he knows the outcome hey what is the plan I want to do your plan instead, you know. And so we've got to be wise in, in our battles. We've got to allow the Holy Spirit to teach us and to guide us. And it may take sometimes that you just bite your tongue. It may take sometimes that we just sit there and say, Lord, have your way. I'm not going to engage in this right now. And you smile and you love and you go on. Because the key is, is God is not into division and destruction. He wants unity and growth. And sometimes we deal with things at the wrong time. We're going to divide and destroy. But if we will allow him to guide us, he will have prepared everything. So then when it does get dealt with, we have an opportunity to save another life. You see, because God's into saving. He's into multiplication, not division and destruction. So we always have to be wise in, in how we're doing things. So tonight, I want us to take a few minutes, and I want us to pray specifically for strategies in our area. Specifically strategy. You'll see on the back of your page right there, it says, what is a strategy? Or what a strategy? What is your strategy? Right? I want you to pray, and and you can write it down, and you bring it to me later, or, you know, text it to me, talk to me Sunday or after service. And, And what strategy is God giving you? But here's the thing. I don't believe God's going to give you a strategy that you're not involved in. <laughs> you hear what I said? I don't believe God's going to give you a strategy that you're not involved in. Right? Which means you're going to have to pray for this strategy as well. You're going to have to be willing to put the effort into this strategy. 
Because if God spoke it to you, that means he wants you to be involved. He wants all of us to be involved. So I just want us to spend a few minutes tonight praying that God would give us a strategy for our families. Our families, right? That everyone in our family would come to know Jesus Christ. We've got to start in our homes, right? That our jobs, everyone in our jobs, give me a strategy, Lord. What can I do? What can I pray for? What, that my job, everyone in my job would come to know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. That, that you know, you, you understand what I'm saying. What, whatever it is, whatever is your circle, because that's your Jerusalem. Then he said to go outside of it. So we've got to focus there. And then let God begin to speak to us after that. So you have something you can just throw up there. And, and I want us to spend maybe five minutes. Let's just ask the Lord for a strategy. Maybe just five minutes tonight. So. strategies, Father. Divine strategies. 
this. And when you get home, I want you to keep praying for a strategist. You know, the Lord reminded me, I want to I share this with you as well. When you start talking about strategies, you can come to me. Yeah. Many years ago, the Lord gave me a strategy for affecting the school where I was a youth pastor at. I tried over and over and over again to get into the school. I'm a youth pastor. I have much of a job if I can't get into the schools. They wouldn't let youth pastors in at all. They wouldn't let us in. Because there was a previous youth pastor who had went in there and created some problems. And none of us could get in. So I'd go up to the school every month or two, and I'd just say, hey, is there anything I can do for you guys? I want to pray for you. He gave me a strategy. I started showing up to the track practices, just helping out. They asked me, they said, uh, hey, you want to get certified as a coach? We, man, we could use you. You're a good coach. I said, yeah, they pay for it. I said, oh, great. I certified as a coach. Now I walk the schools as Coach Newman, not as Pastor Rich. Next year, God gave me another strategy. I went to the church. I presented it. We raised some money. I went to the school. I started talking to the teachers and the, uh, the, the administrators. What are some basic needs that you have to buy out of your own pocket every year? We want to help. We love our students, but we want to help you as a teacher first so you can help your students because the students are having to buy it, which meant we were helping the students. They gave us a list. We looked at our cost, what we, ha what we had. I worked some deals with some online distributors. And we, those little blue and green bags I have, we bought those. We had them wall to wall across the front of the church, almost 200 of them. Not a whole lot of stuff, but probably about $20 worth of stuff in each bag that the parents didn't have to buy. Guess what that did? They had their first day of school where they had all the educators in the building. I got to go be in front of every one of them and present a bag. Plan two. And got to say, guys, we love you. I'm not here just trying to ask something from you. I'm here to help you because we love you. See, they always think you're here to get something. They saw us as now giving, right? Man, I did anything I want in that school for the next six years. I walked a hall. I could give. It, it got to the point where I did the wedding for the secretary who was up in her 60s. Everybody thought her and her husband had been married for years. They were an older couple. Both of their uh, spouses had passed away. They, everybody thought they were married. Even their own children thought they were married. They were not. She came to me privately. Now, after a couple of years, she told people. Wendy was one of the witnesses because she wanted nobody to know that I did this wedding. And I was like, we got to have one more. So they got a friend from Port Berry to come, right? The principal would call me on my cell phone. Hey, you know, Pastor Rich, look, we, we had a student commit suicide. Could you be here in the morning to uh, counsel with our students if they want to? Yeah, man, not a problem. Well, can you lead us in prayer, you know, over the intercom? Yeah, not a problem. It, it just continued, and God continued to give small strategies that sometimes cost a little bit of me. It wasn't just prayer. It was physical things. But it gave me an opportunity to get in places. But, but here was the long-term effect. I met a good friend now, Mike Fontenot, who's the Baptist pastor. And I said, Mike, I said, I'm the only person in the school right now. I'm worried that if something happens to me that they'll shut us out again. I said, let's team up. Me and him teamed up. And we started doing things in the school, helping out, doing things. When I left, the church that I left has now repainted classrooms, teachers' lounges. They still have so much more access than when I was there. But it all started from one little thing that went to another. 
And then there was a lo lady in there that, that was kind of controlling in some areas with the FCA that was not really an FCA. She would not let anybody in there, period. And the kids really didn't like it. She got real sick, started praying for her. I come up there one day. The lady they put in charge of was like, can you help me? I was like, sure. <laughs> Guess what happened? Right. We did the same thing in the junior high. Started the same principle. They have a group that meets once a week over there, a large group, this and that. And again, it started through prayer, asking for a strategy, begin to pray against that, and then saying, God, how do I do this? He gave me a physical strategy. Sometimes it's the smallest things that we don't think matter. A $20 bag to a teacher. I'm telling you, I could go back there today and walk the halls and those kids. You know, when my son graduated, they only give you so many tickets, right, because their, their auditorium is small. Pastor Rich, how many more you need? Uh, you know, I never paid for anything. I didn't, it was just, yeah, it was, God gave me so much favor there because of a strategy, strategy. So we need to ask, but again, it's going to cost you something sometime. Yeah. That's the other. Yeah. 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 Last year I wasn't able to coach Harley at all, and that really bothered me. But I've, I've committed that I'm there, and I'm there every day. I'm there at 4 o'clock to about 5.30 every day, standing in the cold, in the rain, whatever it is. I travel with the team. But here, in, guys, in the, in, the, uh, in the other flip side of that, in that school over there, I had students that I would bring to, to camp that called me coach, not pastor. <coughs> they got saved off the track team or the football team. I was coach to them, not pastor. And you know how much more that meant to me? That, that they, and people were like, well, that's not, no, 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 you don't understand. You don't understand the relationship I have. And I still have a relationship with these people, right? And so we don't understand sometimes how it affects people, guys. But it can change the world. Think about it. It can change the world. What about that one, Raleigh? I almost tell you about whistling the wind. What about, I know, but I don't understand what you want me to tell them. I don't understand what you want me to say. I really, really do not. Okay. I, I, I sing this song, and it's, it's, I whistle to it a lot of times, but I really don't understand. Okay. Maybe I... Right? So, yeah. <laughs> Was that prophetic? I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah, it, it's a cool song. I like to sing it. You know, I, I whistle to it sometimes, but I, I didn't know where he was going with it. So, but anyway, so. You know, and, and I know people have mentioned things to me about things they, they want to see do and all that, and, and I'll, I'll help you in any way I can. You know, but I think there are strategic things that, that I don't want to spill the beans. I'm going to say it right now. Um, okay. Miss Minnie called me the other day. <laughs> I've been wanting, oh, I can't wait. 
Well, Monday I was working on the car all day, and then yesterday I was working on the car all day, too. Richie's car is just about burned up. i got to go down there tomorrow and fix it. But anyways, uh, she, she has this plan to go in to the, the Hope Center, the pregnancy center, and, and do, uh, wait, hold on, my brain's going down, uh, and, and do baby showers. Yeah, here, to reach those people, the, the, the ones that are having the babies that can or whatever. It's just like, and, and I think about that. I'm like, well, hold on a second. God connected me here just recently. I was telling her, I didn't realize we had one of those centers here in town. I know where it is now. Yeah, well, and, and here's the other thing. I met the state director that does the, uh, uh, the walks against abortion and all that kind of stuff, right? I met the state director, and he's like, I didn't know there was a facility there. You need to put me in touch with whoever's in charge of it because we want to come in and partner with them and to make it so much bigger than it has been. I'm like, oh. And he says, we'll bring finances behind it. I'm like, oh. God let me link to somebody. She brings this up. Now she sends me the name. But guess what? This is going to be hers. I'm just bringing it to her, right? God gave you the strategy. Boom, go. Right? You see what I'm saying? So now we get to minister to another group of people, right? And, and you know, with, with Red and, and the prisoners, you know, the, those ladies, when they come out, I, I'd love to see one day that we had a way to minister to them. We don't right now. But one day, you know, there's so many needs out there. If we will just allow God to give us a strategy. But the key is, is not to get impatient and go try to do something we don't have the ability to do yet because we won't be consistent. All right, let me pray for us because it sounds like it's fixing to fall again. All right, so let's pray. So, Father, we are so thankful for you, God. And, Lord, I know there are some that are sick in our congregation and linked to our family. And, Lord, I just continue to pray against cancer. God, I just curse cancer in the name of Jesus. Lord, and I just speak strength into their body right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, this, this flu that's going around, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. I command this virus to wither and die right now in the name of Jesus. You will go no further. Lord, and I pray against these other sicknesses that just keep coming up, that seem to be spreading around the world. Lord, I just pray protection upon our people. We are the children of God, and we know that you can protect us, Father. So, Lord, watch over us and protect us as we, we do your work, Lord, as we continue to serve you. Watch over us. And, Lord, keep us safe when all this rain and the flooding as we travel home tonight and, and even as we travel tomorrow, God, be with us so we continue to do your work and to bring you glory in all that we do. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Hey, love you guys. I'll see you Sunday. The women's was great the other day, I heard. Yeah.